Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 87 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. And you can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes365. And you can follow Andrew McQuiston at AMCQ82. You can also join our Facebook group, Baseball365. We're always talking baseball uh, every day of the year. There are polls, there are dynasty trade discussions, there's news going on as people are talking about the award winners this week. There's always something going on in Baseball365 on Facebook. We would also appreciate your support if you wouldn't mind by leaving a five-star rating and writing a review for us on iTunes. The link is in the show notes um, in the show notes below, so if you go check it out, you can have a link to go, t- you know, leave us a review. just only takes a minute or two of your time, but it's a real good way to help us get our name out there. On tonight's episode, Andrew and I are going to cover the award winners that were announced this week. And then we're going to cover the rookie pitchers from this last year, talking about their performances in this shortened season and how we feel about them looking forward. So, Andrew, let's get you on here. And my question of the week, I know you're a Duke fan when it comes to college basketball, but I really don't remember us talking college football, or if we did, I've completely forgotten it. Do you have a team that you root for in college football? No, I do not. How about you? Do you watch college football at all? Let me ask you that. Um, a little bit. I think the reason I've never fully grabbed, like, grabbed a hold of it, is because I never had a team. Like, oh, I just yeah? never. Yeah, I've just never had a team that I've really uh, rooted for. So I'd say no. Well, for me, I would say I'm not a college football guy. I never have been. I'll get into that in a second, but. Um... Um, Missouri, whenever they had, oh shoot, about 10, 15 years ago, they had a quarterback that got them, I think to, they were ranked number one for a while and they were in a bowl. And I do refer to myself as a Mizzou Tiger guy living here in Missouri. That's my team I would say I support. But I also have a lot of friends that actually are big, huge Notre Dame fans. They live up near South Bend. So I do I do cheer for Notre Dame whenever they're doing well or something. If I'm noticing that they're doing well or they're on, I would definitely be cheering for them. So those would be the two I would say I cheer for. What you, now, you don't live too far from Notre Dame, right? South Bend. Yeah, about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. What are you? What are your feelings towards them? Um, really indifferent. I don't have. I've got a buddy that's really hardcore, and a lot of friends that like them. I don't, um, I don't root for them or against them really too much. I mean, I don't mind when they do good though. They're you saying that you're they're about an hour and a half away. That's about like t- an hour and a half, two hours away is what Mizzou, Columbia, Missouri is for us. So pretty similar for that reason. For that, yeah. Um, but I've never gotten into college football for a couple of reasons. One, I the whole bowl system and some of these teams playing each other and winning sixty to nothing. Just, I don't know. It seems like it's always the same few teams in this in these bowls. And I don't know. It's hard for me to get into it because of that. But also on top of that, I, you know, when I got married especially, I think 
I, I loved NFL and always watched it every Sunday, and that was taking up all of my Sundays to where I'm like, man, it's really hard for me to do that on Sundays and still have every Saturday taken up by college football. So for that yeah. reason, too, I'm like, I just can't invest this much into football every weekend during the fall. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. So uh, let's move on to some baseball talk, and it was awards week. Um, do you really invest too much into these awards whenever this week comes? Do you get too ex- mu- excited about it one way or the other? Not too much. I mean, I like seeing who won. It's kind of like the capper of the season, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, not too much. It's it's fun. It's really all it is to me. Before we go on, are you hearing any ruffling in my background as we're here recording? I'm wondering if you're hearing it right now. And I'm wondering no. if the listeners will when they listen. Dogs behind me are wrestling on my bed, just directly no. behind me. <laughs> no, I'm not hearing it. So if anybody hears anything, yes, my dogs are wrestling behind me. Um, But yeah, I'm, I don't really think too much about it. I'm Usually it's one of those things I hear the award. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Think about it for about five minutes and move on. But it is a big deal for these guys. And um, we had all these re- award winners. And I thought I'd just turn some questions out of these players. And we'll start off with the rookies of the year and talk about the American League, which Kyle Lewis for the Mariners... Uh, I think it almost an upset beat out Luis Robert of the White Sox and pitcher Christian Javier of the Astros. And then we move on to the National League and another one that I think surprised some, which is Devin Williams for the Brewers winning the National League Cy Young over Alec Baum, who finished second, and the Padres' Jake Cronenworth finished third. So first question, do you think it should have been Lewis or Luis Robert? Lewis, definitely. Yeah, he had the better year. I, I think if you had given this award out in the middle of, end of August, it would have been Robert, wouldn't it? Have? Probably, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I just think Lewis had the better year. I think he's deserving. I mean, definitely. So, I wanted to ask about the dynasty value of these two versus each other next. I mean, it is Lewis Robert, right? Yeah. Is is it close? No. No, it's – I don't think it's close. I mean, the thing is, is even if you aren't fully on the Luis Robert train, there are plenty of people that are. So, I mean, there's trading in Dynasty Leagues. You know, you don't have to hold these guys forever. If you have Luis Robert, you can trade him for a ton right now. And you can trade Kyle Lewis for a fair bit, but – I just think there's a pretty big gap there. What are your thoughts on Lewis in terms of dynasty? We may have talked about this before, but there's been a guy in one of my dynasties that's been floating him around, and I've got a competitive team, and I haven't even felt like the desire to show interest in him for the price I know he's going to cost. Would, how would you feel about him? Yeah, it kind of depends on what he would cost. It's it's a little tricky. I mean, they have Kellenic and Julio coming, and I think that they're both better players. So, you know, I mean, any type of uh, struggles in the next year or two, you could see, you know, some issues popping up there. But he's probably the other guy, I mean, as good as he was this year. And, you know, he's definitely got some leash now. So, And it's not like it's all a complete shock. I mean, 
former uh, first round pick. I'm pretty yep. sure. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's all crazy shock. He's 25, has some pedigree. So, but yeah, I just think that with him and Robert, I mean, in dynasty, it still isn't really that close. And a lot of that just has to do with the power speed that people see with Robert and you know the helium. Like I said, I mean, you can. You can just get so much more for Robert right now in Dynasty Leagues. It's too bad Kyle Lewis had those ACL injuries because we might be talking about them too as two of the same guys with incredible tools of power and speed because Lewis coming up, I think he had both of those and then tearing his ACL, I think twice, didn't he? Yeah, I believe it was twice. Yeah, Yeah. terrible luck. Or we might be talking about him as the same kind of toolsy guy who could be a five-category stud. Um, I don't have anything on the National League guys here right now because we're going to be talking about Devin Williams here in a bit and Baum and Cronenworth. Cronenworth we discussed on our rookie hitter review. So I'm just going to move on to the Cy Young Award winners, which were announced, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday, this Wednesday. And Shane Bieber took the American League Cy Young Award winner or Cy Young Award. He is the first unanimous choice since 2011, which I went and looked to make sure. I I was pretty certain I knew. I guess I put it in the notes, but you would have guessed Verlander, wouldn't you have? I think Kershaw was unanimous, but that was NL. Yes, correct. Correct. This is the first unanimous choice. Yeah, I don't know if I would have guessed it, but possibly, yeah. And then in the National League, we got Trevor Bauer receiving 27 first-place votes ahead of Darvish, who got the other three first-place votes, and Jake DeGrom. So my question, we've talked about both these guys and their performances this last year, and we just talked about them last week with Tim McLeod on our Top 30 podcast. Which one would you give better odds of winning a Cy Young next year? Between uh, Bieber and Bauer? Yes. I mean, either one of them could do it again, but probably Bieber. I mean, I think he's a little bit better, but it's, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs. They're both really good. Any given year, I mean, wouldn't surprise me if either one of them won it again. Yeah, either both of them have the potential to do it. Bieber's been more consistent, so he would be my pick too. But who knows, Bauer pitched in Cincinnati this year, and... If he goes somewhere where it's a good pitcher, a good pitcher's park, like you know, both LA teams are mentioned, and the Mets have been a team mentioned for where he could land, and all of those are really good spots for pitching. So, yeah, yeah, I, it's definitely gonna definitely gonna be interesting. I'm really curious. That's one of the things with this offseason. I'm really curious to see is where he goes. Uh huh. And what? How many years does he take on that deal? Um, okay, let's move on to the MVPs, and these were announced on Thursday evening, and we had Jose Abreu edging out Jose Ramirez in the American League, and Freddie Freeman won in the National League. Neither one of these were too big a surprise, they were the favorites going in, but um, my question for you on these two, we've got five drafts that have been done on NFBC so far, and Freddie Freeman has an ADP at 13 and Jose Abreu's ADP is at 35. So um, I want to ask which price you like better, and it's interesting to talk about because Freeman has been up there around the you know 15 to 20 range the last few years, I think. 
pretty consistently. And Abreu, though, he's been more of a fourth to sixth rounder, so his value is significantly higher than it's been in previous years. But on the same note, Freeman's consistently been up here in the top 15. Which which guy do you think you'd be more in on at their price? I think it's I mean I think it's pretty pretty even actually. I mean it's kind of, they're I mean they're in a spot where you can't really you know like if you're picking at the top of the draft, you're not getting Freddie Freeman. Mhm. And if you're picking at the back end of the draft, you're probably not getting Jose Abreu unless you're taking him around the wheel. So it's kind of like wherever you're at, you just say, do I want to attack the first base early? And if you do, then they're both good guys to do it with. I mean, I think it's fine to take Abreu anywhere from like the mid to late second round on. And Freeman's fine where he is too. So, yeah, I, I there's there's no risk with those guys really. I mean, they're just so both good hitters and um I don't know if I'll necessarily get a lot of shares of them, but it's just because you obviously have to be aggressive and kind of feeling out how I feel about first base. I kind of like some of the later ones, so um, um but yeah, they're both fine to take where they're going. Yeah, I don't see myself owning either of these guys in redrafts, but I think I would be more likely to take Abreu just because the guys going just behind Freeman in these early drafts if it continues holding up. I think I'd rather have some of those guys to where I think in my own personal ranks I had Freeman at like 16 or 17, something like that. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, Um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some rookie pitcher performances. Okay, we're back, and I got some. We got some rookie pitchers to talk about, Andrew, and we're gonna start off with the two rookies who shined this year that were relievers. That would be James Karinchak and Devin Williams, who we previously mentioned. Both had stri- crazy strikeout numbers, and what's funny is they both pitched 27 innings and struck out 53 batters. Did you know that before I put these notes out? No, I saw. I was actually looking at their side by side. I didn't even read that in the notes. I just skimmed over it. But I had their seasons side by side, and they were actually really, really similar. Yeah. I mean, in in a lot of ways. I think they both gave up one home run and um, a lot of similarities. Yes. So both of them were set up guys this year. Um, Hand is a free agent, so. Karinchek has a step up in terms of going into next year as a guy to get saves, but five years from now, if let's so let's take this more of a dynasty aspect. Which one would you bet on being more valuable or still showing value five years from now? I mean, it's tough. Like with relievers, if you go back five years, there's. There's just so much turnover. There's only probably, I mean, I think I actually did go back and look at like 2015, 2016, and, you know, Aroldis, Kenley. But the list is short, you know, of the elite guys. So 
flip a coin. It's probably the guy that stays the healthiest. I, I'm. It's so hard for me to predict something like that. I, I guess if I had to pick, I'll say uh, Devin Williams. But I have no idea. It, it it's going to come down to who stays healthier, most likely. You know, because of the value these guys have, especially if Karinchek gets in that closer's role with the funky delivery he has, it might not be a bad idea to put him on the block, see what someone would be willing to offer. It doesn't mean you have to trade him, but just to see, put him out there and see for that reason. Who was the Marlins pitcher that had that funky little step that people thought was a balk that had just insane numbers for a year or so? Do you remember... Um, no, Adam not offhand. Andrew. Not offhand. No. You remember the guy though, right? About three years ago. I actually don't know. I might take Karinchek now. That I'm thinking about. It. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're so close. Like five years from now, like I said, I just you can't even predict relievers five years from now. It's hard. But man, yeah. they're both very intriguing pitchers that are absolutely dominant right now. Okay, um, I'm going to list off a few highly ranked prospect pitchers going into this season, and um, how would you rank these guys for 2021, three pitchers that pitched in their rookie year this year? Sixto Sanchez, Jesus Lazardo, and Ian Anderson for 2021 only. I think that Lazardo and Sixto are close. I, I'm not sure who I would take. Yeah. Coin flip there and Anderson third easily for me. Okay. Are you concerned about Lazardo in the innings? I mean, I, I think Sixto's thrown more innings. I'm, I gotta go look, but if I wanted to say that Sixto, I would expect to throw more and that's why I had him above Lazardo. But actually now that I look, I guess he threw. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that it's not as high as I, I thought. Think their innings will be pretty close. I don't. I don't really think Lazardo's going to be held back held back next year. So, you don't think Lazardo will be held back? Not really. No. Man, I hope you're you? right. Yes, I do. I mean, he hasn't thrown. Do you see it? Have Have you seen his steamer projection? No, not uh, yet. Oh, the hun- steamers are on there. 175 innings. I would take the under at 145. That's how off I think that is. Yeah, I think it's off too. I, I wow. do think it's off. But, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to hold him back that much. I think wow. it's definitely aggressive. I wouldn't take that, but you get where I'm going with it. I mean... Yeah, in my notes, I don't know if you saw it. I had 130 over under for him. Oh, I oh I saw it. I was over in that. Yeah, 100. Let's get, okay, uh, maybe we'll circle back on that. But um, I still don't even know if they'll do that. Or I think they would if he stayed healthy. But I'm still not also forgetting the shoulder injury that he had last year and missed most of the season. So I think that's part of my reason why I'm a little skeptical of him even getting there. I hope he does. Yeah, I think I think those guys are close. I mean, pure stuff. And I, I just think that their innings won't be that far apart, most likely. I mean, obviously, either one of them could get hurt. but um, And then Anderson, I just have some questions. I 
I really can't believe uh, his ADP so far. I just there's no chance I'm ever going to own him if that's where he's going. Where's his ADP? I think at? it's uh, 88. Oh my overall. gosh! And I mean, obviously, it's only five drafts, but a range of like 66 to 110. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm not I'm not even taking him at 120. I just he, won't own him. So. No, he was a godsend for the Braves this year. I mean, he pitched yes, yeah. to a sub two ERA with a bunch of injuries to that rotation and, and poor performances. But yeah, there's no way I'm in on that price at, one, at eighty. Probably, and I think I'm with you on one twenty. That's just, this. This is like another reason. I know I've said it last podcast or maybe the one before, but just another reason why I want to take pitchers early. I don't want to be sitting there looking and being like, oh, man, Ian Anderson's starting to look good in round whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just that's because – and don't get me wrong. Like, Ian Anderson's young. He's good. He's on a good team. He has pedigree to where you can see it. I think he was third overall pick. Mm-hmm. But um, it also can go sideways. I mean, he has yep. had command issues recently in the minor leagues. And uh, to act like this is just – a stable asset that's going to keep doing it and doing it. You know, I just, I just don't feel comfortable with it at all. So not just another reason I want to get pitchers kind of before this range. I'm just, I don't love a lot of the guys going in that range. Yeah. If you talk about, if you look at his stops throughout the minors and major leagues where he's thrown at least 60 innings, his lowest walks per nine is 3.6. It was 3.9 this last year. And it's just hard to, consistently pitch well if you're walking batters at that rate. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, What if I threw in Nate Pearson? I forgot to add him into this list whenever I was originally making my list. Where would he rank in t- on this list for next year? Uh, I think he would have to be fourth. Okay. So he'd be behind but, Anderson. Yeah, I think so, just because... With Anderson, I still think that you'll at least get innings. Like, you're going to get some workload there. More so that, like, with Pearson, it's just kind of up in the air right now. I don't really know what to expect. I mean, I think Pearson has more dominant stuff, lights out stuff, whatever. But um, injury concern, you know, a lot of uh, injury risk and stuff. So, hard to say. But I I definitely would project, project Anderson for more innings in 2021. Yeah. What about dynasty leagues? You've got Sixto and Luzardo in a toss-up, and then Anderson, then Pearson. How would you rank these guys in dynasty if we were going to that route? Sixto and Luzardo, I still think, are close. Pearson probably right behind them, and then Anderson. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is Pearson jumps Anderson in that case. Um, do you know what Sixto's most innings in a season is yet in pro ball? Because it's less than I thought. I want to say it's like 120 maybe? 110. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to project him for much more than 140, I would say. In that, I think he'll get a lot of innings. I think he'll get more, or he'll take a jump from that. But, yeah. That's not near as many as I expected. Yeah, he was so good. I mean, so yeah. good. I, they're going to – there will probably come a point where they um, try and ease off the 
off the gas with him a little bit. They're probably going to have to, but I don't see him holding him back too much anyway. All right, next up I'm going to bring up three pitchers who I didn't see ranked as high on prospect lists going into the year, but had pretty nice performances I sh- for I think they moved up in rankings. Brand- Brady Singer, he had a pretty good start, but he must have finished a little down as his ERA landed just over four, and I know he was pitching better than that at one point, or I'm pretty certain. And Dane Dunning, I'm even more confident. He was pitching really well. I was surprised to see that his ERA jumped to four at the end, but he was pitching really well and exceeding expectations. And then there's Tristan McKenzie. He had some back injuries. I don't think he threw a pitch in 2019. And he had fallen well down prospect lists. I think he might have even been off of some of them. If if he was still on them, he was down in the two, three hundreds. And he had the best performance of the three, pitching to a 3.24 ERA with a, over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. So of those three, if we were talking redrafts for next year, how would you rank him? Man, it's tough. I I think that McKenzie, like in my draft, McKenzie went way higher than I would take him. I can't remember. I want to say the end of round eight. Yeah. Oh, eight, my nine, word. Eight, nine turn. And um, ADP of 126 think, through... Yeah, five that's just that that's just insane. Like there's no chance ever. So I'm not gonna own him at that price, not even close. A uh, lot of health issues. I mean, I think that between these three, McKenzie's stuff is probably the best if it's just, you know, pure stuff, if that's just what you're going off of. But I don't know how you can really trust him to throw innings. Mm-hmm. Like he he's, he's a real stick. He's rail thin. He, he's never added weight, um, and just injury after injury. You know, I, obviously this year was good in a limited sample, and people are just grabbing hold of that right now. I I don't know. It's obviously still really early, but I still probably would take him the highest of these three, though, just because per inning he's probably got the most upside. But I think Singer will throw the most innings pretty easily out of these three so and then Dunning I mean he's probably last of the group for me but I would say McKenzie Singer Dunning but I don't know like I think McKenzie and Singer is closer than their ADP reflects I think Singer's around like 220 and um I would definitely be I'd be more likely to draft him there than McKenzie in like 120 top top 130 or whatever jeez what about Dynasty? What, how, are you ranking about the same? Yeah, about the same, yeah. and I don't uh, have any real strong convictions for Dynasty with the three. I mean, like long-term, you know? You kind of just got to go with how they are right now, I think. So that's what I would I'd do the same. Man, I hope McKenzie works out. He was electric last year, and as we've talked about, that that Indian system seems to know how to develop pitchers. So, yeah. I think he's got Yeah, definitely. I I think he's got upside. It's just uh health. I don't know how like I don't even know how many innings you could project for that guy. Yes. Yeah. Especially they, short especially short term. That guy needs to eat more steaks. That's what yeah. I 
<laughs> eat more yeah. steak, sit on the couch if you need to for a little for a month. Just <laughs> really let go this uh, this winter. <laughs> yeah, no Do doubt. Do cardio, but man, eat some steak. Thanks Thanksgiving's coming up, so <laughs> <laughs> come on, Tristan. Do it for all of us. All right. Um, the last two I wanted to discuss are Dodgers. And I think Dustin May, I originally was going to bring him up with the guys ranked highly. But I was like, no, I want to finish up talking about him and Gonsolin, given they're both on the same team. Both of them had solid years and threw a lot of innings, more than I thought. When I went and looked at how much those two pitched, I had to go back and remember, oh, yeah, David Price opted out. Um, uh, Alex Wood, he's on. He was on their roster, right? But he had the injury. Yeah, yeah. And then Bueller went on the injured list, to where those guys were thrown in the fire pretty quickly. I think both of them had like forty or fifty innings pitched, and both threw, threw well. Had sub three ERAs. Uh, looking at their performances, Gonsolin struck out more, but May is definitely the higher ranked prospect. Uh, I think it'd be like without asking you yet, but just knowing about your love for Dustin May, I think it's safe to say you prefer May in redraft and dynasty leagues, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, more, I think the gap is bigger in dynasty than redraft, but I would, yeah, I like May more in both. I like that you said that because I think that's good logic in terms of the redraft versus dynasty redraft yeah it's more of a toss-up i might actually no i'd probably go may or and would yeah you- see i think i think may is ahead of gonsolin in the pecking order for starts mm-hmm. I agree. like i think that it goes you know bueller kershaw price is going to be in the rotation because of what they're paying them and stuff and then um there's two spots left and it's Urias May Gonsolin probably oh, that's right probably in that order to me I I mean I don't know for sure you know but I would just suspect that Urias is in there for sure at this point so but yeah I mean it's they're all gonna get starts I mean that you know it, just because Gonsolin's sixth doesn't mean that he isn't gonna get starts but uh, there may be some mixing and matching and piggybacking or whatever. You know, they've got Josiah. I think Josiah Gray is going to debut next year, too. Oh, my gosh. So he'll be like, you know, probably, especially if there's an injury, then he comes into the mix maybe. But, um, yeah, they're all good. I mean, I just think that with May's pedigree, and he didn't really give them any um, any reason to move Gonsolin ahead of them yet, you know, so – I would say uh, May over Gonsolin, but more so in Dynasty because I think that um, there's just more upside like in future seasons. But 2021, it, it could be fairly close. You just listed off these six pitchers that are all very intriguing, very good, and then get to Josiah Gray, and I just I, – my mind wants to explode just because of the embarrassment of riches. I'm not going to do took, this again. Uh, I took Josiah Gray in my draft. Oh yeah? When when did you take yeah. him? Yeah. So I got Dustin May in round ten and I took Josiah Gray in round forty. Okay. I like and, it. And yeah, it was just it was kind of at the point I took I took a lot of pitchers, uh, and we'll get to it next week, but I took a lot of pitchers that were just innings guys, just getting me as many innings as I could, you know, kind of 
building that up throughout the draft and I didn't really take a shot on a pitcher for most of the draft. And um, I got to that spot and I was like, I've got Dustin May. If something happens to him, I do think Josiah Gray's in the mix. And I think he could be anyways. So, yeah, I just went with him that late. I mean, it's kind of a a dart at that point. But like I've said before, Dodger pitchers. (laughs) Yes. Just draft them all. Draft everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting more (laughs) expensive, though. I tell you, they they are getting. Gonsolin went. uh, Where did he go? It wasn't too long after after May. I don't see it at the moment. Despite but the fact that he s- may be a six. I want to say it was around 15 to 20. I'll find him in here. He might be a six, and he went in 15 to 20. Jeez. And that's if they don't go sign Trevor Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is they've got all offseason to do whatever. And if they I, – I wouldn't think that they would – do something crazy with a starter just because they're so loaded, but it's also the Dodgers and they could just do it, you know? So, man, it would be nuts. Friedman's there. So that, but good Lord, they just have an embarrassment of riches. I say this every episode. I don't want to go down this train. Cause I <laughs> always go down this train. Yeah, but it's the truth. I mean, it's just the truth. <laughs> uh, he went, Gonsolin went in round 13. 13. Mm. Yeah, so I was a little off. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that then? Are you steering clear of that, given he might be a six? It was it was like the other pitchers in that round were Christian Javier, Zach Davies, Andrew Heaney, Tyler Maley, Chris Bassett, Herman Marquez, and oh. Jordan, Montgo- Jordan Montgomery. I, I think, yeah, I think it's all right in that spot. But the one thing that you just got to keep in mind is you can't really go into it expecting a ton of innings. And then if you get them, great. But I would treat him, especially in a draft and hold, where you only get so many guys on your roster, I would just go into it thinking, okay, I got to kind of make up those innings somewhere else, and then hopefully he gets them for you. Because the good thing is, is anytime those guys are pitching, you're pitching them. Mm-hmm. Like you're not really thinking about matchups and stuff. You're just playing those guys till further notice. So that's the nice thing about them. Whereas some of those other guys, you might be scared off of a matchup, you know, Dodgers always in line for wins and they're all good pitchers, et cetera. But um, yeah, getting the starts, it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. It will be. And who knows, maybe they'll just go into next year with a six man. It wouldn't, yeah. I mean, Never we don't know, know what baseball is going to be like. It's not the COVID's not going to be gone by March or April. I don't think. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how price will look coming back too? I mean, who knows? I was looking price up cause um, I know he's at least got a couple more years. I didn't know how many years from that seven-year deal he signed going into the 2016 offseason is when he signed it. So he's got two more years on that contract with the Dodgers right now as a 35-year-old. So, man, but $217 million in the bank. I think he's going to be doing okay. Definitely, yeah. Yep. All right, well, let's take a quick break. And then we'll get back here and close out the show. Okay, Andrew, this is definitely the shortest show we've ever recorded going into the final 
the close. So we got two options here. We can either have the shortest show we've ever done, or we could just blab so we not it's not the long, <laughs> shortest show. But man, we've not gone too long tonight. We get a, I guess everybody listening, you're gonna get a nice short show, or you had a nice short show, I should say. Yeah, it hasn't been um, hasn't been a lot of times we've done that. So <laughs> no, but it's all right. I, I, you know, we've. I think we've got. I think we've gotten better with that. Yeah, we're trying not to get get over much longer than that hour threshold. Even when we recorded with Tim, I think what was it around an hour and forty between the two? Yeah, yeah, we split it, split it up. Yeah, yeah. I I hear a lot of people say that they prefer having it an hour or less. I think there's even data out there that shows that. So we've been trying to keep them short, and if they go long and I'm able to split it, I do, which usually during the off season, that's not too hard to do. Um, So we got your NF- NFBC draft coming up, so I think we'll probably try talking about that next week. You said you're almost done, right? Yeah, we are in round 48. I'm on deck right now, so... Okay, well, three three picks, three picks left. Do you know who you're taking yet? Who's at the top of your queue? Um, I, I don't. I I have. I got to take a fourth catcher, which is obviously gross. <laughs> and then um, two other picks. I just don't know if I'm going to do that this round or wait another round. But they're all pretty bad. Yeah, it's kind of like them. let's hear them. Oh man, I'm looking at like um, Chadwick Trump. I don't even know who that is. And he was, um, he's San Fran. Okay. Uh, Bart, Bart's, uh, it was like Bart and him this year because Posey was out. And Stephen Vogt, they're probably okay. the top two. Maybe Cam Gallagher, who's uh, Sal Perez's backup. Is Stephen Vogt still on the Brewers? Arizona. Arizona. Nope, I couldn't even get that right. Man. <laughs> yeah, and I have uh, Kelly and Bart, so yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing, you know, it's, I just want a fourth guy basically is all it is. So I'm just thinking about if I want to take that or take these other guys, but they're all scrubs. There's, there's a couple guys with saves darts like, um, Joaquin Soria, Sergio mm-hmm. Romo. Yeah. And then like Nick Lodolo, I think could, um, come up for the reds next oh. year. So I'm kind of looking at him, uh, Mike Fulton, Mike Fulton, I mean, like, God, how far is he falling? He's still on the board where it picks seven ten. That's crazy. It, I don't even remember. Is he still in the Braves organization when they DFA'd him, or did somebody else pick him up? Um, or is he out there? I think he is. Yeah, I actually haven't even really read it because he's a little further down my queue, and I'm not, like, prioritizing him. But I believe he is still on the Braves, yeah. I couldn't remember if somebody else picked him up when I think that happened. He, I think he cleared waivers. Yep. And um, crazy. Yeah, I think he went to the alternate side or something. I, I'm not positive, but anyway, uh, other things we're talking about doing coming up. Andrew brought up the suggestion uh, last spring. He put out the top hundred prospects, and I did the top hundred dynasty rankings and. Seems like we're about due to try to update those as we're in, getting into this off season. I thought that was a good suggestion by you, and I think I'm going to try to do the same thing with the dynasty ranks. Yeah, yeah, we'll hopefully be able to keep filling some shows here. So I think we got plenty to talk about. Um, I thought I'd close with this. I you already know this, but 
I was one of the lucky ones that actually got into GameStop two months ago and got a PS5 pre-ordered. So I've gotten to play with that thing for the last day. And I know I'm sure there are some of you guys listening to this that play the MLB The Show game. And I, you used to play a couple years ago, you told me, right? Yeah, more than a couple, but yeah, I've played before. I, I mean, I, I've got a PS3, so that gives you an idea. I never had PS4. Okay, so that means, yeah, it was definitely more like seven, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, yeah, more like, yeah, seven, eight, I would say. Then you became a re- responsible adult, and <laughs> I unfortunately have yet to do that. Or, Well, I should rephrase this. I took about, I didn't touch the thing really for the last three years. I'd get the game when it came out, played it for about a week, and then didn't touch it again just because responsibility of parenting. Then this dang quarantine happened, and... Some of the guys probably, probably a good time for it. Yes, Brent Johnson, who ran, uh, he came and did a mock draft with us last year. He set up a league that you could do on MLB the Show, and with this quarantine going on and me having nothing to do, I I got in it, and then getting in these chats with these buddies at night, uh, they ended up telling me about this Diamond Dynasty thing, which I guess you're familiar with. You were familiar with before I was then, because. Or in terms of playing, yeah, it. a little, little bit. I forget, I forget, kind of, but I know it's something with cards or something. Yeah, you're collecting players and all this stuff, and man, I got hooked on it this year. And I bought the PS5 just to go on and have it for whenever the new game comes out next year. But holy smokes, I was blown away with this playing it. Can you play? Can you play your PS4 games on there? Yes. Um, okay. I think everything. I think. Some guys at the, I had heard that the, there were some that couldn't with the guy standing in front of me in the line and talking to my buddy Van Lee, who works with fan tracks. He, um, he, t- he was telling me the same thing that there are a few games that won't play on the PS five, but almost all of them will. Gotcha. And, uh, and um, I, I've always bought the discs for all these games. I might change that up this this go around and start buying the digital copies. I've got so what game what game did you get with it? Nothing. Or did you or what did you buy? Uh, I bought the PS5 and not, no games. I bought two, oh, okay. I bought two controllers, a charging dock, and I've quit buying other games because I realized so, that so all I want to play is the show. Have you played the show then on the PS5? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it is. Absolutely. I was just wondering what you. I was just wondering what you played on there. MLB the show, and it was incredible. Um, you don't realize just like I don't think I noticed just how glitchy it is on PS4 until you play it on the five and just see how smooth it is. Graphically, yeah. it's the. It, it, I don't even. I couldn't tell you a thing differently, but it just feels more smooth, and that's beautiful when you're seeing a pitcher like when you're trying to throw these pitcher bars and all that stuff. And you're trying to watch it and then hit the button at one spot and then the next. With it being a little smooth, it just seems like it's a little easier to time. So that's pretty cool. But for those of you who are wondering about the PS5 and how are, how things are going, because I'm sure there are a couple of you that are, I thought it was pretty cool. And I highly recommend getting that PS5 because it just makes it a better experience. And you can get by playing a PS4 for a couple more years, but eventually they will stop putting out that game on the PS4. But... I think I heard that they're even putting bringing it out for Xbox next year, so it'll be interesting to see what they see how that is over there. I can't really say. Sony's gonna have to hire you now, <laughs> <laughs> promoting their stuff. <laughs> That's right. I I 
think they're probably doing okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yes, I I hear the people were trying to buy it on Walmart sites yesterday because uh, they were putting them up for sale at different points during the day, and people were having them in their carts, and the sites were crashing. I I heard multiple people saw multiple people tweeting that, and heard my buddy Van complaining about that too that he thought he had one and then it crashed on him hey before before i forget i meant to ask you who would you rather have sixto or lazardo for redraft or dynasty either one both i would have definitely said sixto i think actually yeah i think i'd say sixto for both just because i that 2019 Shoulder injury, shoulder shutdown for Lazardo still has me a little nervous. I think yeah. their upsides are pretty similar, but I, yeah, I just feel a little more comfortable. And maybe that's because Lazardo's the guy I owned because I think it was 2018, Sixto had some shoulder issues going. And so both of them have had him, but Lazardo, I mean, it's just weird that he started having shoulder injuries there at the start of last year 2019 and then really never made it back until the like august so yeah. i'm still yeah, I was a little just, concerned i was just about curious that. just curious how you felt about it there we go we got that out and we managed to add another 10 minutes to the podcast of us babbling so <laughs> <laughs> all right any final words before we get out of here nope i think we're good all right well We'll try to get back here next week, and we'll talk about Andrew's NFBC draft whenever we're back here next. Until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.